listen up. I know you have probably wanted a career that is meaningful, flexible, and pays well for a while now, but you never quite figured out how you could have it. Our Zone of Genius is teaching those looking for a lifestyle change become paid grant writers so that you can build a life that you love. And in this podcast, we share the real, behind-the-scenes strategies for turning your dreams into reality. And whether you decide to use grant writing as the vehicle for getting there or not, all we care about for you is forward momentum. All right, let's hit it. Hey there, you've got Alex today, and I'm so, so, so excited to share a little bit of a life update with you. So in the beginning of August, my husband and I packed up our vintage 1970 restored camper, loaded the dogs into our truck, and headed down the Alaskan-Canada highway to move back to the lower 48. Long story, really short, we realized that we needed to be closer to family and friends and additional support as we continue to walk on these journeys that we're walking. So when Meredith and I mapped out this move, she said, take the whole month of August, to which I said, uh, no way. And she said, yes, you are, and forced me to say no to work for an entire month. So anxiously and joyfully, I turned email off, deleted Slack, and set an out of office and took off on a mini sabbatical. Here are the five lessons that I'll be taking with me, and I hope you can take some of them with you too. Let's dive in. The first lesson that I learned that I was way more burned out than I thought. I will be honest with you. It took me a full two weeks to pick up a business book again. This is coming from someone who every day was reading something, consuming some sort of podcast content, uh, checking my email, managing the team, learning this, learning that, all the things, right? Two full weeks for me to even want to pick up a book that would let me think about work. I was way more burned out than I thought. And of course, it took me the standard, you know, two to three days to stop having the anxiety nightmares at work at like, what did I forget to do? Oh my gosh, did I tell this to someone? Right? All of that took a long time for my mind to quiet. But I was really amazed that it took two full weeks for me to want to actively get into even thinking about the creative elements of being a business owner. We talk to a lot of people who are burned out in their current job. And that's one of the most amazing things about owning your own business. It's about being able to control when and why you're doing the things that you're doing. That is one of the best, best parts of owning your own business, which is why we love supporting women doing this. But the other part, so of course, in burnout, right, we know that there's environmental factors. We know that when you have a boss that's constantly on you, that that's not helping, right? We know that when you're underpaid and overworked, this is not something that you can just mindset yourself out of. However, there is this shadow side of burnout that has to acknowledge that the our own habits, the things that we do on a daily basis, contribute to that burnout as well. So what was my habit? At my old job, I was pursuing my master's at the same time that I was doing my full-time job. So I often justified doing work at home because I took a class during the middle of the day or I met with a professor for 30 minutes over my lunch break. And so I was just end up working constantly because I was justifying it. Oh, I did this instead. I still have to meet my 40 hour quota. 
when in reality, I was probably working way more than 40 hours. So my habit is always justifying the need to work more because I did something else somewhere else. That continued into my business. And so as I'm getting back into work, I'm recognizing that this really doesn't matter in terms of hours. We need to sit down and do deep focused work and then we complete the project. It doesn't matter if we spent 10 hours on it or five hours on it, as long as it gets done and gets done in a really good way. So my takeaway is that we've got to identify the signs and habits that are leading to burnout for you. Whether you're starting a new career, whether you're in a career right now, etc. Okay. My second favorite lesson, um, or my second lesson is probably my favorite because I learned a lot. So you think that with taking two weeks off, you'd be like, get me out of books, get me out of podcasts. All I'm going to do is sit here and look at this beautiful nature, find the bears on the street, right? That's what we wanted to do on the Alaskan Canadian highway. But in actuality, we listened to so many podcasts. I read so many books. It was delightful to just be in this season, this month-long journey of learning. And so I want to share with you some of the things I learned. Okay, so I added a bucket list item to my list, which is hiking up to see mountain gorillas in Rwanda. Because of an episode with Tara Stowinski, who is the president of the Diane Fossey Gorilla Fund, One of the things that I found so fascinating about her episode, which I will link in the show notes below, is that she, so part of them is uh, the habitat and the conservation of mountain gorillas. And so tourism, you can go and visit these mountain gorillas, literally hike up, and you have to stay a certain amount of feet away from them, obviously, but sometimes they choose to come near you. And then all of a sudden you're like, really, really close to a gorilla and that just like blows my mind. So yes, definitely added to the bucket list. But one of the things that I found really fascinating is that tourism is often what sustains these nonprofits and partly the the country's ecosystem, right? But the nonprofit for sure was reliant on tourism dollars of people being able to actually physically see these animals and give them support. But when COVID hit and travel stopped, of course the money stopped. And this is one of the reasons we are such big proponents of having diverse revenue streams because no one can rely on only one source. That means nonprofits, you can't just rely on grant funding, you also can't just rely on fundraising. It also means that as individuals, we also shouldn't be reliant on one source of income, which is also why we love helping women build their own grant writing consulting business, because regardless of the grant writing component, when you build your own business and you start to freelance, you learn skills that could be invaluable no matter what the field. You know how to make money when you need it. Okay, the other fun fact about mountain gorillas is that they live in multi-male groups, which is pretty uncommon. And so there is one dominant male and he does sire most of the baby gorillas, but their little group of gorillas has multiple males in it, which is really, really unique. Okay, so the next podcast episode that I loved was an episode on Brené Brown's podcast. I know there are fans of Brené Brown out there, and I am one of them. Okay, so she talked to Emmanuel Acho, 
and he just wrote a book all about living a life with no limits. He basically has gotten rid of goals. Like what? You can't just get rid of goals. Yes, you can. So he has gotten rid of setting goals in his life. And he, because he believes that goals sometimes also constrain us, right? When we see this vision, I am going to win the Super Bowl. I am going to make it into the NFL, I think was his example. I am going to make it into the NFL. And he had this very specific goal. Well, then he got hurt and he couldn't make that specific goal. He did He did play for the NFL. You can tell I'm not a sports person here. But anyway, he decided then and there that that goal, because when he didn't hit it, sent him into such a downward spiral that he got rid of goals. He decided I'm not living a life with limits and goals can be limiting. And so I don't know it entirely. So I'm going to leave it there because it's interesting and enticing and because I still don't fully understand it, but you better believe that the book is on my nightstand right now and I'd love to read it with you. Okay. And then one more fun fact, we listened to this podcast called Timber Wars. And what I found incredible is that scientists, and of course I'm talking about scientists in the traditional Western sphere, um, not scientists that don't fit into our box of what we think scientists are. Scientists really didn't value old growth trees until the 1960s. For example, in the 1960s, biologists literally said that old growth forests were a biological desert. Could you believe that? Right? 1960s. That is like 60 years ago. But this great team led by Jerry Franklin fought to keep a section of the old growth forest as an experimental forest. They argued to study the old growth as an ecosystem, which was a crazy idea for the time. Scientists then started climbing into canopies, not only in the US and the Pacific Northwest, but all over the world and discovered, of course, an entire activity, a whole world, a whole ecosystem. It was basically like a coral reef on the top of these forests. And that is really when the conversation started happening of we can't log all of these old growth forests. They are so, so important for our world. So that was a really very cool podcast that did, I think, a great job of also talking about how the logging industry left a lot of our rural populations without an income stream. And that was really, really difficult. This culture and this world was was all created around logging. And when logging left, we didn't really do much to help these communities survive in a different way. And so it was a really great podcast that I encourage anyone to listen to if you are curious about the way that we conserve land or curious about how we can help fight climate change. It was great. Okay, and then I guess I lied. One more book recommendation. If you haven't put it, if you haven't read Trevor Noah's Born a Crime, it was great. Definitely put it on your list. And pro tip, listening to it on audiobook was incredible because he orates the book. And so it was just amazing to hear his stories in his own voice. And I just loved it. So uh, pick it up if you haven't already. Okay, so that was really my second lesson is I carved out so much time for learning. My brain was so engaged on so many different topics from wasps to gorillas to anxiety to goal setting. All of these things came from experts and books and time dedicated to listening to other things beyond business related podcasts or 
business related books. And so I just really love that. Okay. My third lesson really came about in one of the most beautiful ways. Okay. So my husband and I are packing up our camper trailer and it's kind of a rush, right? We're trying to get out of there. We're putting things into different places. I'm kind of doing my own thing. He's doing his own thing. And finally he comes into the camper trailer and he looks at me and I'm like, what's wrong? And he goes, I am feeling so left out. I don't know where you put anything. I'm feeling really overwhelmed, etc." And of course, he's using a tone that maybe is not like his normal, calm, really nice energy tone, but more of a tone of like, I'm frustrated and I'm feeling left out and I, I'm expressing it. And in that moment, I just have to tell you that I was beaming and yeah, I was being yelled at. Okay. A little bit. Right. But my heart, my soul, and my face was smiling and it's because We have built the emotional tools to be able to communicate with each other in times that could be really stressful. And that continued to be a foundation for us for the entire trip. We spent the entire month, just the two of us, in a car, dragging this trailer that we'd never used before. At one point, I really thought I broke the fridge in the trailer. And And that could have created a giant conflict, right? That's when conflicts happen is when we're stressed out, when things break, when things aren't going to plan. And our emotional toolbox came so in handy. And so my lesson for this past two years has really been focused on how do I build more emotional resiliency? And part of that for me has been seeking therapy. And so not only have Jared and I built our toolbox so that we can handle conflict much more quickly, much more peacefully, and much more lovingly, but I also am building up the emotional resilience tools for myself so that when I walk the journeys that I'm walking, I can do so with more peace and clarity. And so my third lesson is just really I love therapy and being in situations that can be conflict ridden, that is when the therapy really comes through and shows you the work that you've done. So I'm just really thankful for all of the people out there who are supporting mental health, who are talking about mental health, who are asking people the questions so that we can all build emotional resiliency and deal with conflict in our personal and our professional lives better. Okay. So number four is really about how I was forced to confront my fears when I took all the distractions away. So I'm sitting in a car in the middle of nowhere in Yukon territory, right? In the northern part of Alaska and Canada. No service. Trees and land for days. No ATMs but that's a different story. And all I had were my thoughts. I've sought out a lot of quiet time in Alaska. Alaska has taught me to hibernate. So I've become a fan of quiet time, but I had no idea what this forced quiet time with no distractions, no work, no Instagram, no phone calls from other people, no texts from friends, Nothing but me and the quiet and my husband. 
And that brought about so much peace because while it was terrifying, terrifying to sit there with my own thoughts, to really confront all of the fears that I was facing, not only about leaving Alaska with my husband not having a job, but about some of the health things that health journeys that we're walking on. Uh, in the middle of our sabbatical, we went on a little a bit of a health excursion, which at some point we'll make a feature on this podcast, but not quite ready to verbalize that quite yet. And I was preparing for that. And part of preparing for that was to deal with the fears that were sitting right in front of me, that were laying in my body, that were impacting my joy. And so that's what I got to do. And I feel really lucky and privileged that I was able to do that, that I really was forced to remove the distractions so that I can see the fears exactly for what they are. So the one thing that I will offer you on this is a question that my therapist asked me. All these fears are serving some sort of purpose. And for me, they were serving the purpose of protecting my heart against another disappointment. But she said, if that disappointment happens, did all of the protecting that you were doing before this disappointment happens make the disappointment any less disappointing, any less hard to go through? And the answer is a simple no. Protecting my heart doesn't decrease the levels of sadness or the levels of anger or the levels of jealousy that I would go through if I experienced this disappointment again. And so I really saw my fears for what they were, protecting my heart. It was me trying to love myself. And then I was able to say, thank you for showing me what my fears are. I don't need you anymore. I'm going to be okay because today I'm going to choose to open my heart because even if I get disappointed again, I know that my heart will be broken despite me protecting it. So that's what I will offer about fears. If there's something that you're going through that you feel like you're protecting yourself from, I encourage you to ask yourself, is that disappointment, that thing that you're afraid of, if that happens again, will it hurt any less because you tried to prepare your heart for that disappointment? My guess is your answer is going to be similar to mine. All right, let's move on to lesson number five. Life can be simple if we make it. I really loved this. Not only were our dinners simple, our campground selections simple, our everything was simple, right? We had all the things we needed with us and no other decisions had to be made. And so what helped us prepare for those is we asked ourselves these decisions. And especially because I was preparing for um, this health uh, time period, I really needed to limit as much stress as possible. So I started asking myself these questions. Does this bring me joy? Or does this bring me stress? That was my simple decision matrix. And I will point out back to my thoughts on therapy that I said this out loud and my therapist noticed. And she repeated my language back to me. She said, do you realize you're doing this? Do you realize that you're asking yourself this question every time you're evaluating whether that activity is something you want to do or not? And it was amazing. So again, 
props for therapy. It really works. And, and so I would come back to this simple decision matrix and Jared and I are really trying to continue using that in our life going forward. Yes, we could make life really complicated right now. We have no idea where we want to end up. We know we don't want to live in the Denver metro area forever, but for right now, being back with family is really amazing. But we don't know where we want to live up, uh, end up. We don't know what Jared really wants to do. We also don't know where this health journey is leading us. And we could make all of that really complicated and really dramatic. And what brings us back to this simplified life of the life that you have everything you need in this tiny little trailer is, does this bring me joy or does this bring me stress? It's not a complicated question, and I bet your gut knows the answer as soon as you say it, because I know my gut did. Okay, so obviously, I returned to kind of crazy life the first day back to work. I had a pretty good anxiety session, as many of you can probably imagine. You know, it's those two to three days leaving work that gives you anxiety, and then it's those two to three days coming back to work that's like, Oh, the anxiety dreams are back and they are back with a force. And so I called my sister and she said, Alex, you cannot let the peace and joy you felt two weeks ago leave you. You have to ask yourself how you are going to continue that as you move forward. And she's so right. So, so right. So I'm going to leave you with the questions that I'm asking myself, the questions that I've formed from these five lessons that have brought me so much peace and joy and happiness. And I want to continue that. I want to bring it back into my work life. I want to be a manager who's happy. I also want to help my team members not be burned out to recognize all of these different lessons as lessons that they can incorporate in their lives as well. So here are the five questions that I'm asking myself. And then I also encourage you to ask yourself no matter where you are in life. So My first question is, what is one boundary that I can make with my work self that allows me to have more peace? This goes back to our conversation about habits and those signs of burnout. What is really, what habit am I doing that really contributes to this burnout? If we remove all the environmental factors and just look internally, I bet we can find one habit that allows us to become less burned out in our work lives. Okay, my second question is when in my week can I carve time to either listen to a podcast episode or read 10 pages in a book that I just want to read for fun, etc. And you'll notice that these questions are pretty simple. I just want to find one habit that would change my work-life balance. Uh, in my education, right, when can I find time to read 10 pages? That's such a sim- more simple habit than say, I want to read one book a week. No, sometimes when we set these incredibly high goals and when we don't do it, especially as perfectionists, we then are so sad and mad at ourselves and feel guilty when we don't accomplish it. And that's not the point. The point is to read 10 pages of something you love and learn something, right? So if I can start my workday with reading 10 pages, then Do I become a more creative person throughout the day? Am I joyful because I got to read and light my brain on fire before I ever looked at email, etc.? Okay, 
My third question is what is one thing I can commit to doing to build emotional resiliency? My one thing is to continue going to therapy. I was talking to a friend this weekend and she said, I had a major, major anxiety attack. I yelled at my husband for slamming the door incorrectly or closing the screen door incorrectly. And he was like, what's wrong? And she goes, I realized that this is why I need therapy. And she goes, and then I also realized that one of the reasons that I wasn't doing it, even though I know and have known for six months that I want to find a new counselor, is that the anxiety that comes with actually finding the counselor that means a lot to you. So even if it's one thing you can do to commit to doing building emotional resiliency, maybe for her, it was asking her husband to get her a list of everyone who's a psychologist within their healthcare network. By him taking that first step for her, she was able to filter that and find someone. Huge, right? So what is one thing you can commit to doing to build emotional resiliency? That could be asking a friend to coffee and talking about what you're going through. That could be asking a friend or your partner to do something that would lessen the anxiety in your life around finding the tools that can help you be more emotionally resilient. Okay, fourth question. What is one thing I can do daily to carve out quiet time? A time to be with myself distraction-free. And I know for mamas out there or dads out there with babies, this could probably be an impossible question. But again, I want us to simplify this. Is there five minutes somewhere in your day that you can just sit there and be quiet? I encourage you to find those five minutes. They could change your life because when you listen to yourself, we listen to the things that we actually need to hear. All right. Fifth question. What are my two decision tree questions? And if this feels overwhelming for you, I invite you to use mine until yours sparks, which it will. Does this bring me joy or does it bring me stress? And I'll commit right here with you to not overcomplicate this. When I ask myself this question, I really listen to my gut. Does this bring me joy? Is this easy? Or does it bring me stress? And if it brings me stress, I don't do it. And even if we could say, if that's really hard for you, if you're like, wow, that sounds like an impossible challenge, here's what I invite you to do. Simplify it again, right? We're all about making things simple over here. Do it for a week. Say, okay, for this week, I am going to not do anything that brings me stress and see what happens. And of course, okay, checking your email brings you stress, probably brings me stress, right? And we can't just quit our job for a week. So again, to simplify things, if bringing your, if looking at your email is incredibly stressful for you, what are ways that we can make that activity less stressful? So Um, maybe we can't get rid of everything that brings you stress, but I encourage you that anything new that comes into your life that you really are having a hard time deciding whether to do or not to do, I, I really encourage you to ask yourself this question before you say yes or no. Does this bring me joy or does it bring me stress? All right, those are my top five lessons that I learned on my mini sabbatical. 
I am so thrilled that I got to share them with you, but what would make me even more excited is to actually connect with you about these questions. So DM me on Instagram, did anything resonate? Did you love one of these questions? Did you try it out and you learned something incredibly cool about yourself? I would love, love, love to hear that. Life is so much better when we walk it together and I'm so excited to connect. All right, I'll see you on the Instagram or in our email box. See ya. If you're burned out in your career, but know that you can't afford to quit cold turkey, and perhaps you're not even sure if you'll like grant writing, then go to learngrantwriting.org slash podcast to watch a free training on how to build a career in grant writing without any prior experience. Two other resources to check out would be our free grant writing class on the website and picking up a copy of our newest book, How to Write a Grant, Become a Grant Writing Unicorn. Have any questions? DM us on Instagram at learngrantwriting, or if you're in the collective, you know where to find us. That's it for now. Go forth and build a life you love.